is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Today is the day. Imperfect Eating Mastery is open for registration. If you are tired of being way on a diet or way off a diet and you want to find balance with food, long-term balance with food, Imperfect Eating Mastery is the program for you. You can get started right now. You can go to systemsforselfcare.com. There is a link in there too. If you need to chat with me a little bit more and you're like, "Ah, I think this might be a good fit, but I'm not really sure. Click the link in there and we can schedule a call to make sure that this is the right program for you to get you from where you are right now to where you want to be. Again, go to systemsforselfcare.com. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey, it's Jacqueline with systemsforselfcare.com where I teach you to consistently take daily actions. You can feel happier, healthier, and more confident. Today on the podcast, I have Jen Cates. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm really excited. So I went to look back. You are on episode 44, way back when at the beginning of this podcast. And this is, I don't know, this will be in the 300s. So it's really cool to have you back. I'm loving it. I'm so glad you you came out and reached out to me because yeah, I just, I love you to pieces and it's just nice because we're kind of old school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, we're just kind of catching up with people and seeing how they've been, they've been doing over the last year and a half or the last few years. So, um, yeah, I want to touch base. How, how have things been for you? So something happened in the last year and a half. (laughs) Something's still happening right now. Yeah, Yeah. something's still going on right now. Yeah. Uh, No, all in all, well, I've been healthy. Uh, My partner's been healthy. Dog's been relatively healthy, and you know, business has been healthy, which is good. And all of my clients have stayed relatively healthy as well. So life is good, you know. And uh, there were obviously some hurdles with my mom's health early on. Uh, Unfortunately, she had suffered a, a broken bone from, from falling at, at the house, um, in Florida, they're in Florida, I'm in Denver. And so that was hard. You know, she has MS multiple sclerosis. So her mobility is a little bit limited. And of course, all of that happened last March. So right when everything started to shut down and of course with them in Florida, the virus has kind of been ripping through the state even uh, early on. So I was concerned, especially when she did have to go off site into a PT facility, for a care facility, like long-term care facility for her, but it was more like a rehab facility. So she was in the rehab wing. Um, and she got out right when, unfortunately the outbreak started actually at the facility and she was mm. fine, she was safe. I know, but it was, it was a little stressful at first. So I will say like the first three months of the pandemic was very interesting for me, uh, personally for, you know, here in Denver, obviously the gyms had closed down so I'd gone from like coaching a little bit part time, just part time, because I love interacting with people. Uh, even though I have an online business, it's one of those things like I'm a people person. So I just, I love human connection. And I had actually come back from Sedona. So I was at the Sedona Mountain Bike Festival in March of 2020. And we had come back and then literally everything had shut down like the week yeah. before, or the week after. Um, and then that's when everything happened with my mom and her uh, situation with her broken bone and, um, and her healing process. And then obviously trying to figure out, okay, what does this look like in terms of self-care for me and for also, you know, my partner and just our family union. And so it made me really change perspective there. And as well as obviously the clients that I was working with at the time, Mm -hmm. because a lot of them, same situation, gyms had closed down, you know, it didn't matter where they were living, whether it was Canada or overseas, everyone was going through the same thing. So it was very interesting in that regard that we were all kind of unified in this whole same experience 
across the world, which was mm-hmm. really awesome to see. Um, but also, I mean, I'm only seeing that from like a public health perspective, just because, you know, I, I did finish half of my master's in public <laughs> health. So I nerd out on this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I found it very interesting, but then also, you know, I had to show up and yeah. that was probably the hardest part. I think for me was I had a lot of personal things going on and then a lot of personal things going on with a variety of clients at the same time. And it was hard to find that energy to show up because when I show up for my people, I want to show up and I want to show up, you know, full force with the energy that I usually have and day-to-day basis. But it was, it was like almost like a lacking just because there was uncertainty and there was anxiety around that whole situation. So long story short, it just required me to kind of do a little bit of self-examination as well as some examination on how I can help my clients best and basically help them figure out how to move and still stay active and healthy and keep their non-negotiables at the forefront of their mind at home. Mm-hmm. And it was great. You know, it was definitely a challenge. Like there was definitely like a couple of weeks where I was having to change a lot of programs at, at the same time. Uh, but everyone was great. Everyone was super patient with me and, and it, we all pulled through, you know, it was one of those things we all pulled through, but that's kind of long story short, <laughs> or yeah. long, story long, however you want to look at it. But yeah, that's, that's how I've, kind of navigate at least the beginning of the pandemic when everything started to to hit. Yeah. I talk a lot about how there'll be like these good and perfect things that'll happen, like celebrations and parties and vacation, right? Like it kind of like interrupts what we think of life, like our daily routine. And then there's these not so great imperfects, like a pandemic, a parent getting <laughs> sick, a parent getting hurt, yeah. things like that. So you shared that clients, like their non-negotiables and like really mm-hmm. them making sure that they're taking care of themselves. I want to dive into that and then we'll talk about you too. Oh, yes. But like what, like when you talk about non-negotiables, like what is, what does that look like? So non-negotiables for me, as well as my clients are going to be basically two to three things, maybe four if they're feeling really spicy, but only if they can <laughs> absolutely do it. All right. Because sometimes mm-hmm. I have more challenging uh, athletes. And, and when I say challenging, I don't mean that they're challenging. I mean that they like to challenge themselves more. Sure. So, um, but it's basically two to four things that are the lowest hanging fruits that help you kind of turn the needle a little bit closer in the direction of your health and wellness. Okay. So you want things to go in, in towards that spectrum. For me, I'll give you an example. It's staying hydrated. So for me, it's a minimum of a hundred ounces of water per day, which is a little high for someone you're, maybe my size. You're a tiny person. <laughs> I'm tiny. Yeah. So, but I'm also prone to kidney stones. So, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, my doctor wants me to drink a gallon of water per day. So, and which is about equivalent to how much I weigh. So I would actually want to, a hundred ounces is good. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like instead of 120 ounces, like my doctor advises, I'm actually going to aim for hundred ounces, which is, is more doable for me. And it's a lot easier and it's a lot more manageable. So again, lowest hanging fruit, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, hundred ounces of water per day, and then also protein at every meal or snack. It doesn't matter how much, it just matters that I have some protein. Like I really don't care it, how much, you know, of course I usually tend to go for a little bit of a higher protein diet for me because that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. But again, it, we're all different. Uh, and then usually like my third one has varied. Sometimes it's, you know, winding down for bed by 9 PM or 9 30 PM, uh, or in bed by 10 or a big ass salad every day, or, you know, vegetables, a fist of vegetables at three of my meals per day, or just something. So my third one usually varies, but a lot of times it can be 
in, it can be pertaining to my nutrition usually, mm-hmm. or it could be pertaining to like my spirituality or just my mindfulness aspect. So maybe some breath work or meditation or something like that. So it all just kind of depends on what I need. And that third one is pretty fluid week to week, or sometimes even day to day. But I usually wake up in the morning with an intention of like, okay, what do I need? And go forth and do it. And the same thing with my clients, you know, I do talk to them a little bit more about diving in deeper with their non-negotiables because sometimes folks will say, I'll drink more water. Okay. Let's be a little bit more clear about that. Like let's set some parameters around that. Does that mean you're just going to have a big ass glass of water right when you wake up in the morning? Or does that mean you're going to aim for 60 ounces today or 80 ounces today? Or what does that look like? You know, so let's set some parameters that way. It's not so amorphous or so like, it's just not as concrete. And then when they dive a little bit deeper, they realize, oh, okay, this is a lot more simpler than, than I think, just giving it a little bit more detail. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. They know if they're doing it or not saying drink more. It's like, I don't know. Did I drink more? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And then they don't feel like they're successful in something. So you want to set them up for feeling successful. And same thing with all the listeners listening today. It's one of those things. Just think about what are some, some things that could, again, move that needle for you? And they're simple and they're a little bit easier for you. They're not challenging. Maybe they're challenging enough, but they're not super challenging because you don't want to make them too hard that you aren't actually successful at it. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, some people will question that. Well, then how, how am I expected to improve if I'm not challenging myself? But that's the thing is, is the simpler you can make it and the simpler you can make things accessible for you, the more it's going to be getting done every day. And to me, that's where the success comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two things that I want to say. So I always talk about when I, when it comes to nutrition principles or even exercise, anything, I always ask, like, would you want this for an eight-year-old girl? Cause we all had that little girl in ourselves that, you know, was insecure about our bodies or ha- heard mixed messages about dieting, whatever, but like mm-hmm. something like that, like having a little girl drink water throughout the day. Yeah. I'd want that for her a hundred yeah. ounces, possibly not, but like drinking yeah. water, right. Yeah. Or teaching, you know, nutrition principles like, hey, we need to have protein at our meals. This is what protein actually even is, or this is what vegetables are. Those are things that you'd want or having a bedtime, right? So I love those things. That's like, you can kind of know like, hey, cool, I'm on the right track. I would want this for them. And then also those bite-sized things, like making it something that's doable instead of you need to hit these specific numbers every single day, Mm -hmm. like with, with the protein or with calories and macros that might work for some people, but for a lot of the general population, that's a lot to track and keep track of. Yeah, no, totally. And I do certainly have athletes that want to track their macros just because of performance indicators and things like that. Uh, and then also sometimes folks want to build in the awareness about exactly how much they are drinking or in, in, in eating. And that's great. And I fully support that, but I always give them an out in terms of just learning how to, then go the step beyond counting macros and the step beyond weighing and measuring everything. And what does that look like in terms of like hand sizes and portioning? And, and what does that look like on your plate? And, and again, it, it works differently for everyone. So I do usually try like a couple of different ways just to see what works for, you know, each individual, because again, we learn differently. We see things differently yep. and we absorb things differently. So yeah, it's, I think it's just important. It's important to keep it simple AF. You really have to keep it simple. Definitely. Yeah. So especially during the pandemic and people having to navigate life at home and there's still some people and who even knows what's going to come in the next couple of weeks with things, but like what were there shifts that people needed to make during, uh, like while they were at home that you supported? 
Yes. Um, so I, at the time of the pandemic, I actually was working with a fair amount of healthcare workers. So to add to the mix, I was also working with a lot of like literally frontline workers. Uh, so these were individuals who were either working in the ER uh, or firefighters, or one of them was director of the public health department in one of the counties here in Colorado. I won't obviously say the county just for privacy, but you know, so it was a lot. <laughs> it was a little, a little bit of a, for lack of a better word, like a little bit of an emotional shit storm for a lot of them. So I had to be there for them. The biggest thing for them, because their stress was so high, you know, PPE was limited and they were dealing with these patients that were literally on their deathbeds every day. I told them to walk more, <laughs> you know, like you have to walk more, you know, like, let's just, if you don't have the energy for your workouts, screw it. Okay. You have to listen to yourself. Just go for a long walk with your family. Maybe at the end of the day, at the end of your shift, when you get home, you know, depending on how you're feeling, just get outside. You've been in, you've been surrounded by, by, well, not to go morbid, but you've been surrounded by death and illness Mm -hmm. during your shift. And Mm -hmm. like, let's, let's change this a little bit. Let's get you outside. Let's get you on hikes on the weekends. Let's get you on bike rides because I do work with a fair amount of mountain bikers too. Mm -hmm. So let's get you on mountain bike and just getting in nature, you know, as best as you can, because that was the safe place for everyone. It was outdoors, you know, and it was, it was something so simple, but it was something that was necessary. It was just that connection and just that downregulation of their nervous system because, you know, here they were, they were in a stressful situation covered in all of their gear if they had it. And you know, it was one of those situations where they, they needed the self-care for themselves. They really needed to show up for themselves because then they could show up the next day uh, and, you know, or the day after rather. And, you know, it was hard and I had to do the same thing, you know, which I can of course talk about later, but it, it was one of those things where it sounds silly, you know, as a, as a coach, just to say, Hey, abandon that program that I gave you if you absolutely need to right now, because, I think pushing pause on that is actually going to be a way it's not you quitting. It's a way for you to shift your perspective and show up for yourself differently. It's still you making a choice for yourself. So it's not quitting. And that's the big thing that I had to have them take home is, you know, it literally is not you quitting on yourself. It's you just making a better decision for yourself. And it just looks differently than it has the last few weeks or the last several months. So once they got that around their head or their head around that rather, then they really embraced the walks and then they really start to like it. And then they start to make the walks longer and they start to make more time for their walks, which was great. And they start to find that they had more energy and they had more peace of mind, especially, you know, before their shifts uh, later on that week and, and things like that. So, yeah. And that, I mean, even the frontline workers, I still have them all walk and just try to do some more body movement stuff because even without the barbell, even without dumbbells or kettlebells or all the equipment at the gym, you can still see progress and you can still make a great weight out of a backpack or a bag, you know, or your laundry detergent container or any of that stuff. And I think that was very revealing for people. And they actually start to realize that they, that they leaned out more and that was their desire anyways. But it was funny for them to realize like, wow, I'm leaning out more because I'm reducing my stress and I'm, not doing such heavy lifting and not to say that heavy lifting causes that, but because the magnitude at which some of these folks were lifting, like a lot of them just lift really heavy weights. Um, And for them to step back and then realize like, Oh, okay. Maybe my break, my body just need a little bit of break because I've been program hopping before seeing Jen's program. 
And then I jumped into Jen's program. And while I do program deloads mm-hmm. for a variety of folks that I, that I program for, it's one of those things that sometimes mixed with a program mixed with stress is not a great combination. So I think that was very revealing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really jealous of you being in Denver and having access to a lot of nature and mountains and being yeah. able to be out there. But that was something that too, that like I, we kind of added here was like, we need to be outside, even though it's like not all that fun walking on the streets in Chicago, just being outside feels so good. Cause we spend so much time inside a building. And I'm sure, like you said, if you have a ton of PPE, you have like imprints on your face from PPE, yeah. like being able to just be outside and feel free, like just like reduce so much stress. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, still to this day, you know, it's one of those things that I, I still try. That's usually one of my non-negotiables is at least one long walk a day with, with my dude, Milo, with my, my adopted dude, Adopted four-legged dude, uh, not a human, but a four-legged. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make it clear for folks who don't know who Milo is. Um, but yeah, you know, now we're up to about a forty-minute morning walk, which is great. And it's just fantastic. It's just around the neighborhood. You know, sometimes if I'm getting spicy, I might go to the park that's just down the down the street or something like that. But I mean, uh, just anything, just being around trees, like just something, even if yeah. it is a cityscape like you have in Chicago. Again, fresh air and vitamin D, getting that sun on your skin is so important. Yeah. Yeah. So you said you had to make a shift for yourself too. Things looked a little bit different. What did what changed for you? Yeah. So at first, I think it was about maybe three or four months. I was pretty good at like in, incorporating longer walks, still biking, but actually Denver, whole Denver County, I technically couldn't leave the county. And unfortunately, a lot of the trails are outside of Denver County that I usually uh, go to. So they're about 15, 20 minutes away. I, of course, followed the orders, you know, just because, again, public health nerd, I was just trying to do like the right thing. And so my fitness looked different. I didn't see my friends on my mountain bike for at least six weeks, maybe eight weeks. I can't even remember. I blocked it out. (laughs) And But I definitely increased my walking and I increased a lot more body weight and just lighter weight movements. So kettlebells, we had a 25 pound kettlebell. And then we had some dumbbells, like 15 pound set of dumbbells. And then I acquired like a few things right before everything closed down because I knew where this was going. And I was like, right when I got back from Sedona, I hopped online, ordered some things. Oh, you beat the rush. (laughs) Yeah, I did. And fortunately, fortunately here in Denver, we have actually two large uh, production plants here and, or at least distribution points, I should say for rep fitness and rage fitness. So, I mean, our gym tended to be a hodgepodge, but I didn't care. We just wanted some equipment. So got a box, got a kettlebell, got some dumbbells and called it good. And I already had a TRX, which is great. I freaking love the TRX. Um, anyone listening, I highly recommend getting a TRX and I am not sponsored by them, <laughs> but they're great. And so we did a lot more body weight stuff and a lot more lighter weight movements. And it was a lot more fun. You know, I had fun with it. It was body weight stuff was just, it was appealing to me at the time. Then after about three or four months, I think I had just gone through this phase right when the pandemic started of just trying to survive (laughs) between myself and like my clients and just being able to show up for everyone that I think I reached a point where I was like, I'm, I'm freaking tapped. Yeah. And what do I do? Cause I don't even have a desire. Now we have a, now we have a barbell and we actually have like a full equipment. Now we have a full gym in our, in our garage because everything finally like arrived a few months later. And I didn't even feel like it. Like I didn't feel like using the barbell and I told myself, okay, what do I need to do? 
I think I'm going to eat some more food and I think I'm just going to chill out and I'm, I'm maybe going to take a break from like lifting and keep in mind, like I've been lifting on and off, but mostly on since I was about 10 and I'm 40, 40, how, wait, how old am I now? <laughs> I'm at the age where you forget how old you are. 41, 42. I don't yeah. even remember. I think I'm 42 now. <laughs> but anyways, um, so it's one of those situations where, you know, I just realized like, gosh, I just need to chill out. Like, I think I just need to take, take a period of time off. Yeah. So I didn't actually do too much on the barbell. And I did, however, give myself the space to walk some more and then also do some body weight stuff. And still like, if I felt like showing up, great, I will do the, you know, the programming that I already have that I already do for my clients. I'll go ahead and do it, but I'll make it a dumbbell day and I'll make it with kettlebells. So something a little bit lighter, lighter weight, but I made it again, my non-negotiable of at least walking. So at least doing that. Um, and then just showing up for myself, however I felt was proper that day. And it was weird because I definitely lost some fitness. I definitely lost some, you know, some muscle mass, but it was one of those situations where I needed it. And I think I just needed to respect that this was the season that I'm in. And maybe I just needed to gain a few pounds and see what that felt like and see how that impacted my hormones and see how that impacted my stress levels and my sleep and all of this other stuff. And it was a positive influence for me. Like I definitely felt like it, it, it did do something for my sleep. It did recalibrate and I did feel good. Um, I will say it certainly impacted my performance on the bike by a hundred percent, you know, or maybe not, that's probably dramatic, but uh, definitely at least 50%, you know, decline in terms of my climbing ability and things like that. But then I started to bike more and then I started to have more fun. And then I started to feel after a few months of like, of just kind of down regulating my fitness and my movement. I had a break and then, you know, especially coming this last spring, the 2021, oh man, I just felt so great. And I was ready. It was like, I was, I was chomping at the bit to, to start moving and to start lifting again. And, but then I came across the issue of, oh gosh, I got out of routine and I got out of practice. So now I need to get back into scheduling this stuff and getting into more of a routine. And literally I had to, you know, I had to go back to, to what I tell my clients to do all the time. Look at your schedule, pick the two to three days that you want to work out that day, put it in your calendar, you know, as an appointment and hold yourself to it. Have a plan B though. So I, I definitely have a plan B in case I don't make it at like, you know, 7am and I just, or 8am then great. I have an appointment later that day for three or 4 PM. And I know that this is where I'm going to start. And this is when I'm going to shut down. And this is when I'm going to go out to the garage and go ahead and start lifting. And the big thing is just to start moving. Like that was the biggest thing for me was Mm -hmm. just start warming up, Jen. You're going to feel fine. Like it might feel awful and you're going to be like complaining about your neck or whatever, (laughs) but you just have to start moving. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want to touch on that because I have a lot of people that the, those thoughts before you're about to work out are the things that prevent them from working out. So to hear someone like you who has been lifting, I think the first conversation, the first episode you were telling me, like you started lifting with your dad or your uncle. Yeah. Like, you've uncle. Been, like, and then my yeah. dad showed me too. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, like you are a strong person. It is like in your blood and like what you've been doing for decades. So to hear that there are thoughts that pop up that you're like, I don't really want to do this. Like, what did that look like? And how did you get yourself out of those, that type of thinking? Well, I think it's important to realize that it's okay to have those thoughts. Like it is a hundred percent normal to have those thoughts of 
I'm tired today, or I don't feel like doing this or whatever. And I love working out, like working yeah. out is high on my list of things that I love in life. And, you know, and just fitness in general, and especially mountain biking, because mountain biking is just fun. But I think it was just recognizing that it's okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't force yourself to work out, but just, again, just show up, at least put on your workout clothes. Like for me, I usually start off my day, like just throwing on workout clothes. Now I realize not everyone listening can do that just because a lot of folks now are going back to the office or what have you, but pack your bag the night before, you know, get your clothes ready, get your, your liquids ready, you know, mm-hmm. that you're going to need during the workout protein shake, whatever you need afterwards. Right get everything done and ready. And then in a bag waiting for you by the door for you to grab it on your way out. So that's the step one is to plan for the next day, the day before, and then schedule it in like early on, I'd say over the weekends, especially on like Sunday, if that's your off day, then go ahead, spend it just five minutes. Look at your week ahead, look at your meeting schedule, look at what not only your schedule is like, but also your energy management, because it's not just time management. It's also energy management too. So when I, what I mean by that is just exploring what your energy dips are after those meetings at work. If you have a four hour long meeting on Wednesday, maybe you're not going to really feel like working out that afternoon. Like, let's be honest, you know, I'm only saying that because I used to work in corporate and, you know, just being real for yourself. Or if you have a performance review on Friday, maybe you're not going to want to work out afterwards, but you're going to want to work out before because you want to really show up with good energy. So like, let's make a point to wake up earlier that day, but look at your schedule and, and look at time management, energy management, and see where those two to three pockets are throughout the week that you can at least get your lifts in. And if you're a cyclist or a runner, okay, what does that look like? What do you need to run that day? You know, is it five mile run? Okay. How long does that usually take you? And a lot in that time, you know, into your schedule and literally schedule it in, like put it in as a reminder that way you see it before you go to bed the the night before. Oh yeah. I have that run, you know, five mile run at 6am or whatever that looks like for you. I'm just throwing out examples, Mm -hmm. but that's what I, I know I had to do for myself was okay, great. I know my Mondays and Tuesdays are really busy check-in days for my clients and I have to be there emotionally and physically for them. So like Mondays are usually my day off usually. Um, and then Tuesdays I'll go ahead and like today I'll go ahead and do, um, my bike intervals on the indoor bike this afternoon at four. So I'm looking at my schedule off to the side right now. And I have that on my, literally on my schedule at four, like I have this thing from, (laughs) uh, and because I I'm a tactile person. So I do like to write out my schedule and see it because I use tech with everything else. So I use so much tech. So I do have like a notepad next to me. Yes, and a, I and love paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, like me too. I recycle it, but like, it's one of those things where I have these little pads from, from Bear and Fig and, and they work so well for me. And they're so like, they're so cheap, um, for what you get, but it has a whole week out here, you know, Monday through Sunday. And I write out like, okay, what, what are the pockets? Great. I'm going to do a mountain bike ride Wednesday afternoon and Thursday. I'm going to go ahead and lift that day after, before I coach, in person, same thing with Friday. I'm going to lift before I coach. And then, um, Saturday I'll lift again, which is usually, un- it's unusual for me to lift three days in a row, but it's just what I have to do this week because of just how the schedule is. And that's fine. Like I'll just give myself some more recovery. I'll walk more, help myself kind of come down from my workouts and, and make it happen. So hopefully that gives, you know, the listeners a little bit of an idea and some things to kind of work with. Yeah. So I talk a lot about like a lot of times we will, I talk about, um, 
the, uh, the diet triangle and also extreme exercise triangle where we'll go all, and then we're like, that's okay. I don't have to do anything. And then it gets really neglectful where you're doing nothing, Mm -hmm. but you stayed in this other quadrant where you were still showing up for yourself and you were still doing something right. Like, so you weren't like intensely lifting weights. Cool. What, like, why was it important to you to make sure that you were still moving your body and like going for the walks and not just like, F it, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) I mean, for me, I become a very unpleasant person if I'm not doing some sort of movement every day, or at least regularly throughout the week. Um, I start to feel a little bit bottled up like a, an animal in a cage or, you know, I'm, I, my happiness factor goes down, you know, like I, I lose joy with things. Like I, for me, I find joy through at least walking and moving my body and appreciating that. But also keep in mind, you know, my mom, she has MS, her mobility is very limited and that's all I've known over the last 20 years. And I respect that. So her, her inability to do certain things makes me want to have the ability to do other things in my life, if that makes sense. And, um, and I do it because, you know, others, others might not be able to do that with their body. And I think it's, I think it's beautiful to be able to do what you're able to be able to do with your body and the body that you're given, uh, on any given day and appreciate that. And I, you know, I I know it sounds a little cheesy because it, it borderlines on gratefulness and gratitude, but I do find appreciation in that and, and just appreciating my body. But yeah, for me, it's definitely joy and just me being like a, a, a somewhat decent human to be around or enjoyable human to be around. Cause man, if I, if I haven't worked out all week, I come Friday or Saturday, I am not a good and happy person, but if I'm walking every day and you know, I'm definitely like staying active or playing with Milo or something like that. Oh man, it's completely, it's a game changer for me because it, it completely shifts my, my personality for the rest of the day. In my Mm -hmm. attitude, rather, not my personality, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're just a happier person to be around. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm still married, so. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. I I have found, and now I was not like an athlete growing up or anything, but I have found that the same thing. Like if I am moving my body, I'm easier to be around. And also if we do things together, it's been really great for us too. Like we've been biking together or we did join a CrossFit gym. Once we were like, we need, we can be around humans. We need to go be around humans. Um, but like, it's been a really nice thing that we didn't have in our relationship 12 years ago. Like that wasn't something there. And, but like, we're just better people, like nicer humans. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. I love that you all joined a CrossFit gym and you're doing gym stuff together. Yeah. No, it's it's been really good for Paul. So I, I mentioned he, yeah, he was able to start with biking and then went to the CrossFit gym. And I mean, like he's an athlete, like he grew up playing football and lifting weights and whatever. So it's a really good atmosphere for him. Kind of went hard in the beginning and realized, Oh, I can't, I'm not 22. I can't do that. I need to slow down a bit, but yeah. it's been really nice. And I think that lifting weights is one of those things that you just like, you just feel so strong, like, mm-hmm. like powerful. And you're like, wow, I did those things. Like I feel good about myself. Yeah, it is the barbell, the barbell and really any type of weight. It's so empowering. I just, uh, yeah, it, it's such a confidence builder. And of course it obviously helps with a, a slew of any type of imbalances or things that you might have going on with your body or any type of aches or pains. So yeah, I, uh, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but 
I highly encourage people to, to lift some weights or do some sort of resistance training, whether that's TRX bands, I don't care. So. Yeah. So do you still use the TRX at home? Yeah, no, I do. Occasionally I'll bust it out just because it is like literally right next to my desk. I don't leave it hanging. So I, I put it up in um, the door frame and my office door is actually perfect for it because it closes the right direction for me to use it. And I'll just, you know, sometimes pop it open or I'll tie it up on the pillar outside on our patio and use it for, especially rows. I love it for rows or any type of core thing, you know, with like knee drives to the chest, um, in a plank position, I, you know, uh, gosh, what is it? What is that one movement called? I think it's like the TRX super sit up or something. I can't remember super crunch, but yeah, it's a little bit of a gnarly movement, but I like it and it, it gets me moving. I don't use it every day, but I definitely use it. I'd say once a week actually. So, you know, I'll sneak it out. Uh, my partner will give me a hard time because I think she thinks I don't use it at all. <laughs> you want really this, think. Jen. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, what? No, I, I use it. <laughs> but sometimes I'll bring it with us. And full disclosure, I'll bring it with us when we go on vacation. And then we like, don't use it. Oh. <laughs> I'm Best like, you know, sorry. <laughs> we all have those good intentions. Yeah, in the head, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd rather hike or bike. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, so you, I was going to ask you about that. That was something else I'm jealous about. So you're going camping soon. Yeah. How, um, so when you're camping, is that like you stay active by just hiking through hiking and <laughs> so here's the story about camping. Yeah. <laughs> my, partner, my partner does not camp. Um, I mean, really? Yes, seriously. So I have a picture. Oh, okay. I I know everyone does because, you know, we're here in Colorado. Yes. Um, And we do, we like, we both like to hike, you know, she doesn't mountain bike, but she does like to hike and and be outdoors and things like that. And of course we have like an adopted dog. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, we fit the bill, but we don't fit the bill of Coloradans. Mm -hmm. So don't hold it against us. But um, she, she has hiked, she has camped before, but she has not camped in years because it's just not her thing. You know, she, she would rather be in a hotel, which I can completely appreciate. You know, she sure. just, we, we all like to shower. We all like our things. Right. And for her, it's like showering basically. And, and just the ability to go to the bathroom at any point with running water. So, um, but lately I've just been kind of like throwing out some feelers like, well, what about band camping? Cause I have done band camping here in Colorado for some races, not my own band, but like friends bands, you know, we're, we're all on the same team. So we all stay in the same band and things like that. And I have always had this like idea that I would, even when I was a teen, I would take a van and, and do some band camping all up and down the Chilean like coast, like in Chile. I don't know why. Uh, I think it's because I, I dated a Chilean individual in college. I, I don't know. I've always been like just yeah. very drawn to that country. Yeah. So I kind of started to say things to her about this when we would have like really long, like like life conversations over a beer or over a glass of wine or a sangria <laughs> or something. And I think she just kind of started to think about it a little bit more. I'm like, well, van camping is glamping, which she's more in, into like she's, yeah. it's more appealing to her. Mm-hmm. And fortunately living in Colorado, we do have van companies here, van camper companies here where they're actually in production here, but they also rent. So they offer rentals and I mean, goodness, these, van, all right. So I will say full disclosure, these things are as expensive as, you know, yeah. getting a hotel room, but that's to be expected because we are obviously, you know, taking it for quite a few miles away to stay at a camp and things like that. So she basically hit the ground running and was just, and was just like, you know what, let's just do this. So she found it. She did some research, of course, because we researched everything in this family 
And, um, and she showed it to me and I was like, Hey, let's, let's just do it. Let's make sure we can find a campground though first, because, oh my gosh, campgrounds have been a little overrun, unfortunately. Um, but you know, Brown and yeah, we're going to go next weekend. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Just two nights. It's going to be great. You know, it's going to be great. We have, we have bug spray. We have like body wipes. Like it's going to be fantastic. But to answer your question, our intention is when we are camping, we're going to do some hiking. I will bring my bike just for fun. Cause there is a trail system right nearby. Um, but there's certainly a lot of wildlife there. So I just need to be a little bit more mindful and I need to kind of brush up on what do I do when I see a moose? You know, what do I do when I see a bear? Cause I just forget. Um, and the moose here can be fairly aggressive. I mean, they're moose. So uh, not moose here. I mean, it's moose anywhere. It's not Colorado. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I just need, I just need a refresher on Ooh, what do I do? Like, I think I, I think I hide behind a tree. I can't remember. So I just need to refresh my memory on that. But yeah, it's mostly just outdoor stuff. And honestly, just, just again, de-stressing and downregulating and enjoying not having any technology or not being able to be accessible because that is the other thing at the campsite that we're staying at is pretty off the grid in terms of there's no reception. So that'll be new. You know, we might bring a laptop just to kind of maybe watch a movie one night or something like that. But I mean, it's, I'm not going there to work. So that's going to be new for me is I'm going to be completely disconnected. And I really love the idea of that because I think that that is something that everyone should do. And that's something I encourage my own clients to do but it's very hard for me to do because I'm sure you can really like, I love what I do and I love my people that I work with and I'm all in on everyone that I work with. You know, I'm all in on their, their health and wellness. And, and sometimes it's hard to take a break from that because I don't know, you just want to be there for them. And, but I do take Sundays off. So that is always a thing is Sundays and most of Saturday off. Um, so I do live by that, but it's going to be interesting to like be completely disconnected for a couple yeah. of days. So, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people at the end of the night, they go on their phones cause they think that they're relaxing and they're like, it's a stress relief and it's like a wind down, like to scroll. Can you share a little bit of, of the science of why actually going outside and being disconnected is actually more of a stress relief? Yeah. So there is going to be that connection. I think, what is it? The Japanese call it like forest bathing, I think is what they call it. And, you know, there's a reason for it. And there's something very grounding about nature and, you know, not meant to sound hippy dippy for those of you listening. Like I am, I used to be a researcher, like I used to work in science, like hundred percent. Um, and so I'm definitely pro science, but there is something to be said about just the grounding nature of, of nature. And, you know, oftentimes I'll even go out to my yard and go out barefoot just on some grass mm-hmm. or even on the cement. Like it doesn't actually matter, but it actually can help. And studies have shown it can help like the ions and how they, everything interchanges with between you and the earth. Again, not meant to sound heavy dippy. You can look it up, you know, and, and search it if you want to, but uh, it, it does help calm you and it helps, it helps get you you know, into the right nervous system channels and away from the stressors, you know, versus like the parasympathetic and the sympathetic stressor states. And, you know, you want to go away from the the fight or flight and you want to go towards the rest and digest, you know, that, that whole shift into your central nervous system kind of, uh, that is where the magic happens is when you can 
calm down and downregulate and get your brain off of those dopamine hits of social media and seeing how many likes you have and seeing how many views you have on your videos and all this other stuff or checking your email one last time before bed. Don't do that shit. <laughs> like don't. And I am sometimes the worst at that, but I will say, you know, in the last few weeks, I've definitely made an intention of, okay, like maybe I do just leave my phone upstairs and have it start charging. And then I come downstairs and I eat dinner, you know, with my family. And we, we do watch a little bit of Netflix because it is funny. And I'm on, oh my God, I'm on this kick of watching working mom, working moms, by the way, hilarious. <laughs> highly recommend. I haven't started watching it, but anyways, um, but yeah, you just have that downtime of like connecting, you know, walking the dog and then shifting into bed you know, shifting into bedtime mode. And that I will say like spending some time in nature, whether it's a little outdoor walk in your neighborhood or even just wiggling your feet in some grass, if you have a little patch of grass nearby can really help or touching a tree, you know, become a literal tree hugger because there is that, that uh, exchange of like basically electricity between you and nature and it's grounding. It's been shown to be very grounding and very centering. So you know, for those of you listening, like if you've ever gone out for a hike and you feel better after the hike, I mean, it's not just the physical endeavor. It's also just you being connected to something greater than what you're doing. And that's, that's this, this rock that we're living on, you know, it's, it's the rock that we're living on. We're all kind of connected by where we're living and what we're living on. And, uh, just interacting with that, uh, electrically can, can really help. So, yeah, if you like, I feel like when you go on your phone, you think that you're like connected to people, but it's this like pseudo connection and it's short lived. It's like for three seconds. And then you're looking for the next connection. Like you said, the dopamine hit, you're constantly looking, but like actually being outside and calm the F down and not needing those hits constantly. Yeah, no, it's such a, it's such a big game changer. And I think if anyone wants to try it, just try it at night, you know, give yourself a hard stop to not go on your phone after 9 PM or 8 PM or maybe 7 PM. I mean, who knows? Just depends on obviously if you're a shift worker or what you have going on, but just test it out and see what that feels like. Because here's the thing that I think a lot of folks don't realize is when, how do I word this? Let me try to be mindful about my words here. When you're responding to that email at 9 PM that someone just sent you, then you're letting them know that it's okay. And they can expect you to then respond to future emails at 9 PM or 10 PM or later. Instead, you need to set the expectation of, okay, I respond to emails certain times of the day. And that's, that's just how it is. You know, for me, even if I am working late, I'll actually schedule my emails early the next day because I don't want people to know that I'm working late. And I mean, of course I'm giving out my secret here on this podcast, but I don't want them. To, I don't want to set the expectation that I'm going to be emailing them at 7 p.m. Sure, you know, and I think it's important because you are in charge of the expectation that you set, and you have the power for that. And I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're starting off in corporate America. Again, set the expectation because if you have a manager that is expecting, or someone that you're that's in charge of your workforce or what have you, that you that you report to. Again, if they're expecting you to send an email at 10 p.m., then that's something that's breaking down in that in that work relationship. So again, don't don't think that you're a bad employee or a bad person because you're not responding to an email right away. You know, just again set those boundaries. 
set those boundaries. You teach have, those boundaries. Yes. And teach great, great way to put it, Jacqueline. Like you have to teach people the boundaries and expectations. And, and I, I make it pretty clear in my like first email with folks <laughs> that are working with me, like, Hey, and I literally put it in bold and underline. And I say, Hey, I'm just setting the expectations here. You'll hear back from me within X hours of your check-in and so on and so forth. So, so yeah, set the you- expectations. Yeah. Even when I emailed you, I can't remember what day I emailed you, but I got an autoresponder that was like, Hey, I will return this email. I don't know what it said. Maybe you weren't working, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But it was just like, Sundays off. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, Oh, okay. Like that's it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, thanks for your understanding. And I I have been putting that autoresponder on for the weekends from now, from now on, just so people know, because even though I do own my own business, I'm at a point in my own business where I don't need to run myself into the ground. You know, I mean, that's why I left my corporate job. Like, gosh, how long has it been? Like 2017 is when I left July, 2017. And that's the reason I left that is because I was experiencing increased blood pressure. I was experiencing hypertension and I was experiencing a stressful environment and expectations and things like that. And I was going along with that. So for me to leave that corporate setting and go on my own endeavor, you know, yeah, I did have to work obviously seven days a week for the first couple of years of my business, but now I'm at a point in my business where I'm like, no. Like, I love what I do, but this is my time to connect with my family and the people who are important to me on Sundays and most of Saturdays. And I'll be honest, I have yet to have one person push back, you know, like they never even question it. They're like, yeah, you should, you know, I mean, there are a couple of lawyers that I work with who are like, wow, I wish I could do that. But they're also like first year lawyers, you know, so lawyers are kind of the exception their first couple of years, unfortunately, with that profession. But, uh, you know, everyone's been so understanding and so respectful of that, which is great. So, yeah, I was just talking to a friend who works at a startup and she was just kind of like, I don't really want to do this anymore. This like expectation to just be constantly on and constantly on the go in the fast paced work environment. And it's like, yeah, like we, we can decide like, Hey, this actually, no, I'm not doing that. And that might mean needing to change professions or careers. Mm -hmm. Um, but making sure, I mean, it just goes back to also like, this is our one time on this big rock. Mm-hmm. what is that, what is that time being spent doing and how much of it are you actually enjoying? Yeah, no, for sure. And I know like speaking to your friend who works at a startup, so startups are definitely a whole other beast, right? And I did work at a biotech later in my, in my research years. It wasn't a new biotech though. So I did miss that period of time where they had like five people start off with five or 10 people. But even when I was there, like in the beginning of my like 10 year stint with them, Um, I will say it was more intense. Like my, my work was more lively and definitely more, you know, just intense in general. So I had to be very specific about, okay, not checking work emails on the weekends or, Hey, okay, great. I know I'm going to be busy and I'll work bigger, longer days on Mondays and Tuesdays, but Wednesdays through Fridays, I'm not. And I did start to set the parameters around that with my, with my colleagues, as well as my management team. And they were very understanding at that time. Um, especially when I did start to experience like some elevated blood pressure and, and things like that, that were stress induced, they were certainly more responsive to that. And just, you know, the self-care involved, because I mean, here's the thing, we were a health company and, you know, like we were helping people with terminal illnesses. So it would have been hypocritical of us to say, no, you have to run yourself into the ground for this profession. So I don't know, hopefully people listening who are, are in intense atmospheres, you know, just again, make the space for an evening walk to download, you know, download at the end of the night, just to kind of come down before bed. 
do some deep breathing exercises. Uh, again, it sounds super hippy dippy, but man, it's just been shown to, to do like any type of breath work, especially diaphragmatic breathing. It's just, just, there's just so much positivity behind it. And it can, again, you know, help you downregulate your system within a minute, which is great. Like what else can do that? So literally the last three guests that I've had on the podcast have talked about uh, breath work and meditation, and it doesn't have to be this, like, if it feels really woo woo, you don't have to approach it from that perspective. Like I, like I have an Apple watch and there's a, every so often it's like, Hey, do you want to breathe for a minute? And then I press it and then I breathe for a minute. And like, that's all it, that's all it can be. If you want it to just be that. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. So so meditation has been another love of mine for ever since I was 15. Cause I found that when I was wow. in class, I know. Well, fortunately I found it when I was in a philosophy class in high school and it was good because I started to experience anxiety then. Yeah. Um, Cause I was in this really intense, like magnet program. Yeah. And I like, <laughs> I actually went to a cardiologist cause I was having, having chest pains and, and this is in high school. Like I wasn't even in college yet, Yeah. but I uh, found meditation and started to practice it just on a basic level, you know, very basic level of just kind of trying to sit with my breath just for a minute. And I think some people think that they need to sit for like 20, 30 minutes or 60 minutes. Like some of these meditation programs do teach, which is great, but the magic that you can get from it after just, again, a minute, like with you, with the Apple watch, oh my goodness, like, just try it, like, just try it. And I think sometimes people are a little uncomfortable being with themselves in their own breath and with that in their own thoughts, like without a podcast in their ears or something like that. But man, it can really reveal so much about you. And it can, again, downregulate your, your nervous system and get you in that, in that rest and digest system that you want to be in and that state that you want to be in rather. And oh, I, I can't encourage it enough. Like just try it. Just try it. If you haven't tried it yet, it doesn't have to be scary. No. Yeah. And it's a real, again, a really bite-sized approach. Just do it for a little bit and maybe build up to 30 minutes or maybe not. Maybe it does just stay at a minute. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I love it. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share with the listeners that I didn't touch on today? No, not really. Just, you know, just encourage people to, to find the space that they need for themselves right now through all of this. I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. Amazing. Where is the best place for people to find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, I am on Instagram at shift human performance, and you can also find my website, shifthumanperformance.com. Reach out to me either way, but I do have, if you are a mountain biker, I do have a couple of programs that I'm, I'm going to be releasing their group training programs mm-hmm. this fall. It'll be an annualized or an annual periodized program. And it's the same program that I do follow, especially now that I'm working out again. And, uh, I love it. Uh, and it's great because, you know, I've seen so many clients just get PRs on their bike and just smash the heck out of their races. And I'm so stoked for them, but but if they want to join, obviously find me on Instagram or on the website and get on my newsletter list and you'll get the details. Great. Thanks so much. I'll put the links in the show notes. All right. Thanks Jacqueline. Don't forget, Imperfect Eating Mastery is open for registration. If you're tired of being way on a diet and way off of a diet and you just want to find long-term balance with food, this is the program for you. Go to systemsforselfcare.com. The link for this, it's in the show notes as well. And there's also a spot. If you need to chat with me a little bit more to make sure that this is a good fit for you, um, click that on the website. Again, go to systemsforselfcare.com. Super excited to work with you. Take care. Bye. Bye.